0: Romain, come on up. So Romaine's gonna grab the DVLAD. he's gonna be showing it off downstairs. Uh, ironically, our next interview is of Brian Solis by Ted Cohen, and the way this got here today is he went to Brian, if you track this trail, and he said, you gotta talk to Brian, and I said, you have gotta show it on our show. So this guy's in the middle of everything. He's one of my favorite people, I've worked with him, he's crushed it. Welcome Brian Solis, interviewed by Ted Cohen. Yay! <laughs> okay. Testing. Okay. You're missing... Uh, Ziska's going to give away 10 iPads if you stay. No, we're kidding. Okay. <laughs> so... This is the amazing Brian Solis. Uh, We met in May in uh, Toronto, Canadian Music Week, at the Digital Media Summit. We'd never met before. I interviewed him. It was one of the best times I've ever had in my life. Hopefully it was good for him. He's still back here today. Now we sort of do know each other. We've had a few meals together and been in a few other cities together. Brian has a new book, and we're going to start out talking about the book, and then we want to talk about some other passions that people have. So first of all, this is your... Ninth eighth book or ninth Se- book? seventh seventh, okay, and what let's talk about Where you've gone with this one? What 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 the next chapter is here?
1: All right, so It's um, it's incredibly ironic to talk about a book at a music tech event, so Don't don't think that I don't get that uh, but the the point of the book, though, is the idea of what I think all of music needs to think about, actually all of entertainment uh, and business in general, is that, um, that the future of everything is no longer about a product or a service, right? The future of everything is about an experience. Uh, and that has, there's a lot of reasons why that is the case. So people paying for something, you know, people doing business in terms of transactions, it, it's gone, right? So that, the idea of an experience having to sort of survive beyond any transaction and, and even stitching transactions together into something that's bigger than any one moment, that's what the book is about. But the fun thing about the book was that I challenged myself to say, yes, look, I'm not, I can't tell you that the world is changing and that the world isn't about products. And just give you a book that's just yet another rectangle and Times New Roman font and you know whatever by the publisher. So I decided to study uh, apps. You know, like everything from <laughs> Tinder to Clear <laughs> to uh, all of the uh, the crazy shit that we use uh, online. I studied attention spans. I studied like what makes you click on BuzzFeed headlines, and decided to um, reverse engineer all of that into. Paper. Like what would an analog app look like? You know, if you had to reinvent wow. if you had to reinvent a book for today's digital age, mm-hmm. what would it look like? And so it took it took three and a half years to do. But the more interesting thing the most interesting thing about it is that the book is a manifestation of the point of the book, right? Is that you have to rethink how you would create an experience in an era when people just think differently or expect things differently. Uh, and then the, uh, the, the cool part about it was that when I took the idea to the publisher, there was a little bit of history there, so they, they were uh, willing to take a bet. But I said, when we come out with this book, because of the amount of color saturation, because of the amount of, of visualizations that we have to do in this, we're going to need a different kind of paper. The, the size is uh, modeled after an iPad 2, uh, <laughs> iPad Air actually. Um, And we're gonna need a whole new production facility to do this and I need the book to be at the price point of a regular business book and they Shit everything they just they they're like you're out of your mind. That's a hundred dollar book So the whole idea was not just reinventing the experience of a book But building an entire infrastructure to get it at the market expectation price point so that that so it was a whole experience bringing this out
0: so let's talk about experience we seem we seem to be pulling at different ends where we're talking about creating experiences, but we're creating them in 15-second Vine videos or in 140 characters. We're having real short, you mentioned attention span, short attention span experiences. Are Are these really experiences or are they just moments?
1: Yeah, all right, so here's a funny story. When I started this book three and a half years ago, I studied how long the average teenager could focus on homework before they reached for their phone, and it was six minutes right? I was like, oh man, six minutes is ridiculous. Like, and then I started to think about, it's like this old Blaise Pascal quote. He's an old French philosopher. He used to say, um, I would have written you a shorter letter if I had more time. And (laughs) (laughs) so I started to think about what, what could you do in six minutes, right? Like how Hmm. would you make something matter in six minutes? So I, I, I had to relearn how to write sentences so that they would hit faster and resonate, right? And resonance is, and relevance turned out to be the two most important words I learned about all of this stuff. Um, so yeah, you're competing for moments, but you have to keep doing that. By the time this book was done, I, studied, I kept studying attention spans. By the time this book was done, the average
0: attention span before reaching for a phone is under a minute. So do these become sound bites or visual sound bites? Well, sound bites. You know I
1: mean, for lack of a better word, that makes you you know it make you, you start speaking in sound bites you start sounding kind of weird uh, but if you think in moments to resonate right and you, right. if you know what's going to resonate with somebody you you're forced to be relevant and so the idea of what would take me a minute to write a sentence before now was taking me fifteen minutes a sentence to really, really think through what that is but once you once you start thinking that way, you're forced to understand who you're talking to, right? right. Which is weird, because we, we're supposed to take that into account all the time, but you try to be more meaningful, and when you try to be more meaningful, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. People pick up on that right away.
0: Right, there's a person that a, a lot of us know out there named Ian Rogers, who when he was first starting to go out and do some public speaking, he sent me his, he, he just left, For those, you know, he just left Apple Music to go to Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy in Paris to be their global chief digital officer, but he came up through the ranks of Beastie Boys and then Grand Royal Records and then Yahoo Music, etc. But he sent me his first PowerPoint and said, what do you think? And I said, I'm blown away because there was a sentence in there. It said uh, uh, Quality is relevance and the thought was about it doesn't have to be 70 millimeter film it doesn't have to be shot by uh Caleb Deschanel or shot by George Lucas if the content if the if the if what's on film or what's recorded resonates if it if it's relevant to you if it has emotional impact it can be recorded on your iPhone or on a pocket recorder it doesn't have to be this you know 10 year multi-track journey, it just has to touch
1: you. You know, that's uh, kind of giving me goosebumps hearing that whole thing. That's what it's really about. And if you think about the whole, f- you know, this is why it's called artistry, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just about transactions and trying to sell downloads and trying to fight, you know, s- streaming services because they're not paying you know, their artists, what, what they're worth. It's, it's, a, it's about also looking at what Adele did with Hello, right? I mean, what does she break a record at a million downloads in the first week? It's because it's a beautiful fucking song, right. you know, and it has emotional resonance. And if you compete for resonance, right, it's a whole different metric. It's, it's If you try to keep something alive, because you can talk to and through someone through whatever it is that you create that's a whole different game than just trying to create something that someone listens to or that somebody buys, and I actually think that that's the beginning of, of experiences because, um, as, as you know, we talked about this before, a couple of years ago I brought um, Billy Corgan with me to uh, South by Southwest to have a conversation about the future of the music business, and the first thing that he said, uh, which ultimately became a headline in Rolling Stone, was um, that new artists are basically the fresh stripper in a club. Uh, and that they're only popular with with record execs for the first week until the, the new stripper comes along uh, And in that what he was trying what to was say the problem. <laughs> what was wrong with that? Can, <laughs> <laughs> in that because uh, it required translation for some people right. uh, was this idea that you can't compete at the musical level <laughs> anymore or, or or dancing I guess right but uh, that that you had to create something more something more substantial something that really connected with people in ways that wasn't just about being thoughtful it was about how would you keep that alive beyond radio beyond streaming beyond downloads how would that what that song or what that album or whatever it was that whatever it represented how would you keep that alive and bring it to life in other things, whether it was a concert, whether it was free stuff that you said afterwards, whatever it was, it's just like that becomes part of an ecosystem that's bigger than any one moment. So to your earlier point about Vine and Twitter and all of these things that are forcing you to change how you talk, um, basically forcing us to share selfies even though we don't want to, uh, the, that that becomes a form of mediumism, right? So we get too caught up in the channels, we get too caught up in the in the formats rather than sort of How do you be culturally relevant in the format? If I have six seconds to move you, what would I do with that? And that's why you have a whole new genre of celebrity coming up because people are figuring out how to do this, and it's entertaining, it's engaging, it's crazy. But you try to explain that to someone who doesn't use Vine and say, hey, watch this recurring six-second clip of a guy that's pretending to run into a wall. It's amazing. People would look, (laughs) what are you talking about?
0: So we've moved from basically what would you call a distribution, you know, Ten years ago, fifteen years ago, we were in a distribution economy. Now we're in an attention economy, and that attention span, as you're saying, is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So, when does it? Um, it's almost like the uh, spoof they did with Steve Jobs holding up the new iPod, the newer uh, iPod, iPod, iPod. that got smaller and smaller. When do, when do we hit? You know, an event horizon of what? You know, what is the optimal? interaction or do we know what that is yet or is it going to keep changing? That's a multi-part layered question. (laughs) (laughs) And I do have to go back to one thing beforehand. You cracked me up when you talked about the strippers. There's a guy named Michael Nash who's just going to Universal Music to be head of digital. But years ago, he was the head of digital at uh, Warner Music. And we're on a panel and we're talking about what we do. And nobody could figure out what we did, which was good because they kept us. But uh, I was trying to explain on a panel that we're digital fluffers that basically we get our bosses all excited about something so they'll actually sign the deal. And I'll leave you with that, go. A, now back to attention economy. That's a, it's a great visual
1: too, Ted. So thank, okay. you. thank you for leaving me with that. Um, before,
0: before, <laughs> before I answer that, I just oh, wanna make sure that, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Wait, I need my bag over there. General, you're the closest person. I forgot something, just come to the front here. Speaking of come, fluffer. Speaking of fluffer. Yeah. What's in the bag, Ted? Okay, you keep talking. Well, okay, he's
1: uh, no I'm I'm worried now. Fluffers and strippers, and so you now you're reaching the back. A drink. Oh. <laughs> so, just to make sure, this is fantastic. Were
0: taken care
1: of. But if Zisk was around, he knew it would be a glass of champagne. But I guess you know tequila, tequila.
0: Anybody else wants a shot? Come up. So,
1: there's plenty of glasses, by the way. So Sorry, please. There's,
0: there's cups in the back there, if anybody wants.
1: To. Actually, just keep coming up and taking shots. It's fantastic. And since, he's, since we're in the gift giving mood, too, have, have, have a question ready because when Ted turns it out to you guys, um, the first question I'm going to give this book to so I don't have to take it on the plane with me. Uh, so, on the uh, whole idea of attention, attention economy, God, that smells strong. But it's smooth. But it's smooth. Okay, excellent. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Well, this answer is going to get better now. Yeah. Uh, the whole idea of attention economy is... What the fuck was the question again, man? I'm kidding. Uh, the whole attention economy is really fascinating because we get, we get really caught up in competing for, for the moment. Right. And so that's starting to take away the quality. And so this is why you're seeing a whole bunch of you know, artists selling one songs, a lot of developers creating one app. It's because you're always having to create, create, create to, to, um, to, to win in that moment. Uh, and, and I've been doing a lot of research with Google uh, this year called um, called Micro Moments. I'm not sure if you've been following this work, but it's really fascinating. And the point of this answer is that it reveals what the real big opportunity is, and it's about discovery. How do you get discovered when attentions are so thin uh, and so fleeting? And then more so, what do you do once you have attention in a way that... that you're not only contextually relevant, but you can resonate in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the crazy thing about it is, I'll use Ted's phone here as a prop, is that most discovery happens on a small screen, but we live in a desktop world, right? Mm-hmm. So most of these sites, most of the uh, developers who support artists, most of the developers who are creating some of, some of the apps out there and uh, products, they're still designing for a desktop world. They're still designing for an SEO world. They're still trying to get discovered in this whole this whole process, and it doesn't work that way anymore. So now most discovery happens on a smart screen. Google just announced a couple weeks ago that mobile search has overtaken, overtaken desktop search for the first time ever. And if you think about what that means, it means that SEO and websites and all of this stuff just doesn't work the way it used to. Now you're competing in a moment for what are you looking for, what's your question, what's... What's your loyalty base, and you you quickly find out that no, no one no one's loyal anymore. They're just loyal to the moment, right? Uh, and whatever whoever engages in that moment with some type of relevant content or some way to discover that's relevant to their to who they are and who they're trying to be or who they are and what they're trying to do, um, those are those are the things that are starting to win, right? And by the way, if you if you Google ironically Micro Moment um, and my name, there's a ton of free reports and research and articles that you can download and it specifically talks about how do you win in these micro moments so whether you're a developer whether you're an artist or what have you whether you're a label you have to now compete completely differently for attention but more so and this is where things get really crazy is once you have attention it doesn't work the same way it used to you can't win with a website you can't really win with a snippet you can't really win the way that you used to win now you have to completely pull a thread and bring them through this mobile journey that gets them to a destination fast, efficiently, and then more so, there's a whole loyalty aspect that you have to design. The whole thing has to be re-engineered. And it's not just about music, right? And it's not just about entertainment. We found that every single industry in the world is completely affected by this, and we study some random stuff like business to business in finance and healthcare and pharmaceuticals, that these micro moments are completely changing the whole customer journey, the whole discovery process, and more so the psychology behind it is that we're all becoming self-important. We've created what I call an ego system. So if you think about what... (laughs) what um, Uber and what, you know, uh, Tinder, what all these apps are doing to us is that they're psychologically reprogramming us to expect things in the moment that things can come to us, that we can, this is why Amazon is testing drone delivery, this is why Amazon is about, and FedEx and UPS too are starting to partner with Uber for instant deliveries, this is why Instacart is a thing, because we are now reminded that we could have anything we want, how we want it, when we want it, so that whole idea of micro moments has to unfold to cater to the ecosystem.
0: There's a service that a friend of mine, Bertrand, was telling me about on the way in here today that they will deliver gasoline to your house now through Purple and I forget, Jewel was the other one? Purple and Jewel that are two companies that will bring the gas to you and because you're too lazy to go. Yeah, I'm gonna download go. this app right now, yeah, actually. Purple. It's called Purple. <laughs> but in, in the studies that you do, have you looked at, with all the money that is spent by brands to associate themselves with music or associate themselves with film, what is the takeaway, the memorializing of, does someone actually remember that it was T-Mobile or Verizon or Sprint or Samsung or Apple that presented Jay-Z or presented Gwen Stefani or presented whatever, What what is the actual, they spend millions of dollars for these brand associations. Are they resulting in any long lasting you know, take away. Yeah, so there's there's a couple of funny things. I don't know if you
1: guys saw that picture that went viral uh, a couple of weeks ago, where it was looked like a parade route, where everybody had their phone and they were sort of filming the moment and then there was this little old lady sort of leaning on the rail smiling just sort of looking at the moment and it just sort of sparked this massive debate oh yeah this look at the world it's so fucked up nobody nobody looks up anymore everybody's just looking at their phones and that's the problem with society today no one can make eye contact and you just got this whole like world of people debating and I joked around, I, I circled the, uh, the, the face of the older lady and, and, I, and I published it saying, look at this selfish woman, just not, not sharing this special moment with all her Facebook friends. <laughs> but the reality is, is that there is no debate. Everybody in that moment is living the moment. They're just living it the way that they want to, um, and that's the. That's but is the, there any
0: lasting after? Well, effect. that's
1: the conundrum, right? So if you are AT and T and you bring Beyonce to the world using your traditional mechanisms without catering to the connected consumer in a way that keeps that moment alive, right? Then you're missing the point. It's just a moment, right? And so they're competing for the people who lean on the rails and not necessarily competing for the people who are sharing these moments and and for those moments that live beyond that event, right? So the answer is is that there is still benefits to this. You have to rethink the idea of what an experience is to a connected customer and they cohabitate, right? So you have to still cater to the traditional consumer but at the same time you have to create a whole new experiential outcome for the connected consumer. So you were there when we were talking to the Radiohead manager about the idea of creating the first album for oculus rift right right? so the idea was we know you're working on an album what if you didn't just release it as an album but you transformed it into a visual experience that brought to life the technology of oculus rift that complemented the idea of an album that you would listen to and it led to some really fascinating discussions and, and and those discussions of which other artists are considering but now you rethink what the idea of an album could be right and the whole point is that everything like a book can be reinvented for this new economy and the the so Doing traditional things still has some legs to it, but the whole world is ripe for innovation because the best we're doing today, I'd argue, is iterating, right? So look at the remote control in your house, right? It is probably the best, worst example of iteration there is. We You, you buy a, a 4K television that's curved and it's razor thin, and it comes with this brick that no one, bothered to say what would happen if you reinvented the remote control for today, right? Like what if you could reinvent it from scratch? You know that I studied it. It's actually in the book and you'll see it's hilarious. The average number of buttons on a remote control is 70 and (laughs) yeah, 70 buttons. And starting in the 50s when the first remote control was introduced, they got worse every generation. Uh, and the best they ever got was they were color coded mm-hmm. with backlit keys. Right. And it took Apple two weeks ago to rethink what the remote and the whole television experience could be. The remote, I don't know if you've seen it, but it has a trackpad on it, right. and you can control it with Siri. So now it's intuitively relevant. So the whole AT&T question and Beyonce is, you have to design experiences and engagement for that moment. You have the internet of things, you have stuff that you can swallow that enhances experiences now that you could track, you, <laughs> that they can track. You have all kinds of they have <laughs> <You> know, wearables. <laughs> that, that was horrible. That's right. Yeah, hold on. Take, take a shot. Anytime I say swallow uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and strippers, I suppose. Now, okay. the whole point right. is, though, that all of this is creating a blank canvas. Uh, and, and what we keep doing with all this new technology is we keep thinking like the remote control. How do you build upon a legacy foundation or a legacy model when, in fact, everything can be reinvented? Um, and that's that's the answer. I think this is a great opportunity for all of
0: us. Mm-hmm. On that point, qu- questions. Who? Lo- go ahead. Yes. As loud as you can. Well, somebody's got a mic. Are,
1: are there are there some things that uh, you're so, aware of that uh, you, you sort of have to keep to yourself because you're you're going to need to you know maybe what's next, and so you
0: need to. Just, that's much, an interesting that, how, question. How of, what do you know that you're not sharing? Is what he's saying. saying. You know. All right. Well, so you get the first book, um, right?
1: <laughs> so thanks for asking that question. So yeah, the answer is um, everything that I'm learning today. Thanks, man. Great question. Everything that I'm learning today, I I I publish, I publish freely, um, and it's my job to think about its its effect in, in five or ten years. Mm-hmm. I did some really interesting work with the Department of Defense. That's the only thing that I'm not allowed to talk about. Right. Um, and it was how you can use all of this new technology to influence the mindsets of foreign governments, um, which was fascinating stuff. Right. Now, all of the technology that I'm, I'm Privy to, I'm thinking beyond even how the creators are thinking about it, right, because they're using it to solve certain problems or to create opportunities based on the entrepreneurial idea or based on the vision of said executive. Uh, The most fascinating thing is that I'll even share freely what I think you could or should do with what's next. So that's how I got um, the title of futurist, which is a bit hokey, Um, but honestly, if you're not thinking about new ways to do this then you keep getting caught in the rut of iteration and 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 honestly the music industry entertainment business in general most businesses in general are caught up in iteration because we tend to look at and, and just hear me out on this we tend to we tend to look at innovation through the lens of cognitive bias or confirmation bias so when you see something new you think of it in the world that you know and then that becomes like you hear that saying think outside of the box so By doing that, I put you in another box. When, in fact, what you have to understand is that, look at millennials, look at centennials, just look at their relationship with the world, and our natural instinct is to judge it. Like, put your phone down, have dinner, uh, when, in fact, you could actually understand that one of the most magical things happening right now is that all of this technology is making us more human again. It's, it's forcing us to be able to see people, who they interact with, what they like, what moves them, what inspires them, uh, which in turn is supposed to engender empathy within us so that it allows us to, and not sympathy, I want to be clear, sympathy is, is different. Empathy means that we, we're forced to feel that we could relate based on how we have experienced what they're experiencing. Easy. And that, that, is, that is where we start to break legacy, where we start to break all kinds of opportunities to take what's on the horizon and do really amazing stuff with it. You remember we were at uh, Madame in Paris and we, we were part of a, a startup judging uh, right. s- panel. And I think everybody who came to pitch us about their new startup was a bracelet of some sort. Uh, and I just you know at the end of the thing I said so let me get this clear if you all have your way I'm wearing 15 bracelets to the next concert. I go to right right <laughs> that's it's... But,
0: which brings to the question are we? When you're thinking about what you're thinking about when people are out here developing apps are we developing them for the masses? or Are we developing them to impress our friends? <laughs> because seriously, I, I saw this figure a few weeks ago, and it blew my mind. What is the? Anybody want to throw out what the percentage is of penetration of digital books? It's
1: actually smaller than uh,
0: print. It's 20 percent. I thought it was 50, 60 percent because everybody I know either has a Kindle or looks at a book on their iPad, but the actual uh, dollar breakdown of printed books bought versus digital, it's 80-20 physical.
1: There's a lot of reasons for that, by the way. Um, Also, audio books are on the rise, uh, but it's the experience, too. If you think about... It's called skeuomorphism. So if you look at Kindle or iPad, those books are designed to replicate book-like experiences in a format that isn't designed for a book-like experience. And so just the native design of it is actually not the best experience at all. There's an app. It's hilarious. It's called Text and Walk. So it, it turns on your camera so that you can walk and text safely, right? It's, right. It's, it's, uh, Which so- is
0: good. No, wait. I'm, I'm only here today because somebody grabbed my arm in Washington, D.C. and stopped me from dropping through a hole in the ground while I was texting and walking. They actually threw their arm across me and blocked me one more step and you'd all be missing me right now. Oh so, man, well I'm glad you lived that. Yeah, had exactly. you had
1: Texan Walk, it would have been a no no brainer. But the the point the point of that is it's the same with the Kindle and the iPad. It is incredibly uncomfortable even though it's good to hold your phone up while you walk. It's easier to fall into manholes and right. that's 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 why. It's because the experience is it's iterative, right? It's the remote control of the book industry.
0: So what's the, so you decided you have a Kindle version of your book. I said, I'm telling people not to buy it. But exactly. You, you prefer, no, seriously. <laughs> yeah. You prefer the tactile thing. And that's the thing that, that I were challenged with in music. There was a lot of discussions this morning in the breakfast room. I must have met five different people that were working on what is the digital album package. And I still prefer a great rhino box. I still prefer that book. I still prefer those liner notes to what is going, what is the digital package that's going to replicate that experience? You just have to think about who,
1: it's all user defined, right? It's like that picture of the parade route, whatever it is. There's no one consumer. You have to create an experience in a format that's gonna be relevant to everybody except what we do in music, what we do in books, what we do in business is we take one and try to scale it to many. So you write a book and now it's on the Kindle platform, now it's on the iPad platform, now it's in print format, right? But what what I'm saying that we do is that you, you reinvent what something could be for this book as a metaphor Reinvent the book for digital economy, but now when I get my next project is reinvent the Kindle experience reinvent the iPad experience But at the same time Thinking about it to be native to the device itself. How could it be great? How would you drive more sales on that
0: and how do you stop from being too clever for your own good? There was the Richard Branson (laughs) book a magazine. I forget what the name of it was it was so clever that you couldn't figure out actually how to turn the page it was, you had to, it was a slider puzzle. You had to figure out where, it, never mind. That's too clever. Anyway, it's too clever. We're going to wind things up. Uh, he's got to catch a plane to Idaho. Don't ask why. <laughs> it's a B-52s reunion. Um, it's a, a bleak reference. And um, name of the book again? It's called X, uh, where The Experience Where Business Meets Design. And the nearest bookstore to here right now that we can all beat a path?
1: On your phone, Amazon, on your phone, Amazon. Down, have it. And set by to your the house. way,
0: I flew up with carry-on, so I can't take this back with me. So anybody who wants to have a shot, stop me and get a shot. Brian, thanks very much. Thank have you. a great trip. Thank you for being here. Thank you, thanks for staying.